Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed your Pro Bowl week. We have definitely got quite a bit of information to get out to you today to help us through the offseason as well as preparing for the dynasty drafts that are going to be fastly approaching us, those rookie drafts and those first-time drafts. So we're going to definitely be speaking quite a bit on dynasty. But it's me, your favorite fantasy football fiend, Zay. Of course, as always, I got my main man with me, Young Vanda. Holla at the people, Vanda. Fantasy fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, Bro Joe, the rookie extraordinaire. Holla at the people, Bro Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Uh, we're going to go through the news as per customary. We're also going to go over the standouts from the Senior Bowl. And we have our first initial segment, Tales from a Dynasty. So I hope you guys like that particular part of the show. That's going to be raw, uncut, unfiltered, unedited. We got a, a hell of a first segment for Tales from a Dynasty. So I hope you guys enjoy. But let's go ahead and kick it off with your news. And now your fantasy news. We're not actually officially in the offseason yet. Just a part of the season where the people that didn't make the Super Bowl kind of have a little bit more time on their hands. And Alvin Kamara did not disappoint. So apparently Alvin Kamara went from the Pro Bowl to a nightclub in Vegas and caused substantial bodily harm to some gentlemen. Don't really know what caused the, the incident. Don't even know if Kamara was actually the one at fault, but we know his name is the one in the news. So we know how that goes every offseason. Hopefully this won't have any long-term effects. I'm hoping that this just ends up being a, you know, a, a two, three-game suspension max. Uh, we see football players getting into fights all the time. Hopefully this is one where he was defending himself and maybe took it a little overboard, but the incidentals and details aren't quite out there on this one just yet. Have you guys heard anything? Who I did was to have the Pro Bowl in Vegas. Nah, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, nah, I haven't heard anything. Um, hey, this things this, these type of things happen. He's probably the kind of guy that don't have security looking at Kamara, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. Probably just out with some, some homeboys. You know, in that in that atmosphere, and you'd be surprised how many people out here, fans, civilians, that poke with these athletes. Yep, poke the bear trying to you get that I mean? check. Right. So I'm not sure what the story is. I can definitely see something like that happening here in the situation. Um, I don't think he'll be suspended very long. If so, 
if it comes out he was defending himself, maybe not right. so much. And that's what I was thinking. I, I think they're just doing it for for the story purposes, kind of trying to be vague or right. not put too much out there. But the only thing that we do know is that he was taken into custody. Didn't even mention that the other party involved was taken into custody. No, no who, who, him, who knows? Him. I mean, this is a professional athlete, so chances are he probably did put the beats on the person. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it, it's likely. Um, it, it might have started out well, but his conditioning probably got him on through. So right. We got a couple of other players, and then we'll move into coaching news this is a well these next two are kind of oldies but goodies but as the off season proceeds it'll kind of become more and more apparent which direction things are going to go i got into a little bit of a discussion with one of our other league mates past week we were talking about the decision that green bay is going to make or has to make concerning a rod all of the information that i've seen out there as of late has indicated that green bay both publicly and behind closed doors is not attempting to trade a rod they don't foresee that being a part of their plan i don't know if that means that maybe a rod isn't quite as upset with the organization as he was last year and they're they're kind of approaching some type of an amicable solution or if it's one of those well we went 13 and three this season. We're not going to trade them next season. And then whatever happens the season after that, it is what it is, but we're going to try to get to the, the big bowl one more time with Aaron Rodgers as our quarterback and hope that he wants to stay after that. But the other side to that coin was the fact that their cap space is such that I, I want to say they're close to 50 mil over the, over what the new cap is going to be, which is about 24 mil under what new orleans is currently we'll get to that in just a second but it's going to be interesting how they go about solving this this riddle this puzzle if you will after next year their cap should be fine but being able to manage getting through this year is going to require some significant cuts and if you do keep aaron Rodgers, you definitely have to keep adams or you're definitely making that move for no reason at all because he's going to be going i'm trying to get within my mind's eye what the plan is going to be like it, it feels like they're going to go from having a balanced team to having all offense again and aaron Rodgers is going to end up leaving anyway next offseason i think if the packers can have it their way that he will be there so they're definitely not gonna be in a hurry to ship this guy it's probably gonna be one of the situations where he forced his way out if he's to get out so it's either force my way or retire i don't see any other uh, any other outcome with that um green bay is they're not in a hurry to trade him, so they're going to try to hold him and try to talk to him down to 12 o'clock, you know, until the last hour right. or so, <laughs> right. and see if they can make a difference as far as that situation. So All I can say is I don't want to see nobody treating A-Rod like, like he LeBron or something, saying, you know, you left us and not. No, you, you knew two years coming what was about to happen if they didn't acquiesce to his whims. So, you know, hey. I think it comes down to... Hey, I, contractually, I have to be here, but it's not to say I'm going to help you stay here because his contract does weigh heavily against a lot. And just like we spoke to and we'll catch the, you know, all our listeners up to, there is a way the Packers can get under the cat and franchise tag Devontae Adams. And I know me and you got a bet on that. But yeah. I, so I do want to <laughs> let the listeners know that it is a possibility, but to your point, it comes at the expense of giving up a lot of pieces um, yeah. around him to kind of make it all work. But I think, like you said, and what Vander said, it's going to be the 12th hour for, you know, but he's not going to help them make the cap work for them. I think that's where his stance is. Like you said, he, he's more so wanting to explore his options, I would think. But like you said, contractually, 
he's not going to help him to make it much easier for him to stay. I mean, one would think that his options are pretty much any team without a quarterback that was just drafted in the last two years that's doing well. I mean, like, you, or, or right. that can afford them. I mean, that that's the other side of it too. But this offseason is definitely going to be instrumental in the direction that Aaron Rodgers' career will end up taking for the rest of his career. I definitely don't see him retiring anytime soon. I think he, I think he wants to get minimally one more Super Bowl to kind of solidify within his own mind's eye that not only was he one of the most talented, but you can put him amongst the greats. Right now, with where a lot of these other guys' trajectories are going, it's just a matter of them getting as many games in as him to be better than him, i.e. your Josh um, Allens of the world, your um, Mahomes of the world. You got Burrow coming up. I mean, Burrow messing around and win this Super Bowl. He got as many Super Bowls in two years and didn't even play his first year as Aaron Rodgers got in his entire career. So I think it's about to go to another level. He's not even looking at winning games. He's looking at legacy at this point. If he doesn't think that Green Bay can kind of put together the team to truly impact his legacy going forward, I can see him making moves. The other quarterback that has been polarizing and no one knows and everyone has an idea of what's going to happen all at the same time, and that's Mr. Deshaun Watson. If we recall, the Texans indicated that they wanted to attempt to get something done prior to the league's year starting, uh, which makes all the sense in the world. They paid them for a full year not to play football, so they kind of want to rip the Band-Aid off at this point and try to get back to whatever, you know, life as a Texan is going to look like. There are four teams right now that are on the radar, and I truly believe as time goes by, Watson is going to have to kind of loosen his stranglehold, if you will, on the teams that he's willing to go to. Right now, the Panthers, Saints, Commodores, and Broncos are the only four teams that are vying for his services. Now, the issue with the Saints is they're already way over as far as cap is concerned. So that contract that he currently has may not necessarily sit well with that team. He didn't want to go to the Panthers, although in all honesty, looking at the teams that are currently available, it may make the most sense based on the weapons that they have, the fact that he's going to have cap space. He'll be in a familiar surroundings being a graduate of Clemson, so not too far from his old stumping grounds, if you will. I do like the Commodores and Broncos from the sense of their defense is a little bit better than the Panthers. Their offensive weapons are right at about the same level. I would put the Broncos one, Panthers two, Commodores three, as far as the team in its totality of offensive weapons. But for all intents and purposes, it's pretty close. So it may come down to who has the front office and the head coach that he feels that he could kind of get along with the best. But of these four teams, which team do you think would end up being the best fit? And if that team isn't the one that you feel is most likely to get him, express that too. Man, any team with Deshaun Jackson, I mean, with Deshaun Watson, I'm sorry, is a good fit. I would definitely say NFC team though. So maybe the Commodores probably be a better fit. Uh, you go to a weaker division, you have seemed like a better opportunity to make it to the bowl. I mean, you don't want to go be staying that fire the AFC is with all these young and up and coming quarterbacks, and it's going to just be a royal rumble over there. With the NFC, is probably an easier path to get to a championship. But that being said, we're just ready to get this this saga over with. It doesn't seem like Deshaun is going anywhere. 
You think you end up staying with the Texans? You think that should be the number five team on the on the list or the fifth team on the list? I really don't know. I don't think he'll play as a Texan, but the Texans are. I mean, think about it. You have two. You have two sides. One side want to be compensated, and if they don't feel they're not being that, they're gonna keep him. They already shown that they'll sit this man and pay him. And the other side will be him. He has a no trade clause, so he's only gonna go to cities that he want to live in. So you got those two things going. It doesn't seem like anything's gonna get done. Because I mean, the compensation has dropped. I think teams now are taking down, you know, uh, some of the things they were willing to give a year ago or months ago. Well, correct. They, they should have they took what I mean. The, Miami was willing to pay a haul. They should have taken it. Correct. But let's say, for instance, the Washington uh, Commodores, uh, Commanders, I'm sorry, the Commanders say, hey. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah. The, the, let's say the Commanders were like, um, okay, we got three first round picks. We got uh, Antonio Gibson, blah, 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 blah. They just come up with this sweet package deal. Guess what? It still doesn't happen unless Deshaun signs off on it. So you can go gather the best deal you can find, but if this guy doesn't sign off on it, it doesn't happen. I think that we're now in a space where Deshaun has to kind of watch himself. What I mean by that is once you're going for a certain amount of time, things hit a little bit different. Your, your name doesn't ring bells as much as it used to. And what he doesn't want to do is find himself two or three years removed from playing any football at all little bit of you know rust the knockoff if you will and other teams have kind of made plans that don't involve getting him as a quarterback that's a very distinct possibility once we continue to go down this path of everybody kind of you know not being willing to break two years without playing football teams would be in line if andrew luck say i'm coming back teams would be in line so yeah you know i mean it's just it's just one of the things because he's still young it's not like he's 37 You was he like twenty five, something like that? Like he's pretty young. Yeah. So teams are still being lying. The Texans have to ask themselves: Do they want to pay a man to just do nothing? I mean, like if you're going to turn the page, turn the page. Like, like at some point, compensation shouldn't even be. A, I mean, compensation is always going to be a part of the conversation, but it shouldn't be the dominant part of the conversation. At some point in time, you should just want to get that arbitrage from around your neck. I remember when I got divorced. I didn't give a shit about nothing that was in that house. You can keep it all. Chill, left my jewelry. I'll even pay the pay the rent on the on the house that we're in until you find some place else to be. But I, I'm out. You can have it all. I'm done. I want peace of mind. And right. and at some point in time, that's where the Texans need to find themselves. Like just for your peace of mind and being able to continue on down whatever path your franchise is going to go down, you need to get this noose from around your neck and move the hell on like right now you're both sounding like people scorn that may not even necessarily not want to be with each other but don't know if you want to see that person with somebody else that, that's kind of <laughs> what that's the vibe i'm getting from them right now right but the other thing that could possibly happen now these are two long shots that could come together but what happens if the texans actually end up messing around and hiring brian flores and that's the coach that Watson wanted specifically that he named that he wanted to play for. What what, what if what if they do something like that? I don't see that happening at this point. Um, which, which half or neither half? I don't see the Houston Texans signing uh, Flores at this point. Okay. Um, it's already said that they're working out a deal to sign good old Lovey Smith. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, so which is another 
damage control thing to me. Ex- if you ask me. I um, think it's another David Culler move. It's a, okay, we're going to give you this head coaching job, but just understand, no matter what the record is, we picking the person that we actually want next year. Right. And also with everything going on in the NFL with the Flores uh, lawsuit, I think it's just damage control. Uh, we seen the New York Giants just uh, just hired the first female uh, on their staff. To, yeah. Um, that's just a play. You know what I mean? Right. That's I just to say, hey, look what we did. You know what I mean? We're mm-hmm. not this. We, we're not this. We're not we that. didn't hire a black guy, but we hired the first female. So right. you got to give us that. that that's right. kind of where they're at right now. And, and, they're scrambling. And the same thing with the Texans. I mean, Gulovey Smith, let's, come on, man. This guy has a winning percentage as a head coach of like 50. He's like one game over 500. All them years with the Chicago Bears, he's like one game over 500. Mediocrity. So it's just so many guys out here that's available that deserve an opportunity. And you're trying to tell me Lovey Smith is the answer? Right. Just but it, a, a lot of these other guys, though, if you hired them and then you fired them next year, people are going to be looking at you some kind of way. And then no one's really going to want that job. So I can understand why they wouldn't go out and get one of the younger, you know, young guns, if you will knowing that they're going to go a different direction next year. That, that's kind of what I'm seeing right now. I really feel like it's another stopgap. And if that's the case, why not give David Culler another year? If all right. you're doing is trying to bridge the gap, I mean, the, I mean, in my humble opinion, I mean, a guy that can win as many games without Watson as he did with them, cultivating a rookie quarterback and then kind of, you know, riding Tyrod Taylor on out into the pasture. That guy deserves another shot. I mean, come on. I mean, but that's just the state of the NFL right now as far as these coaches are concerned. All of them just are our revolving door going from one place to the next. Um, but continuing along down the path of coachings, the Dolphins found their guy, apparently. Um, Mike McDaniel is now the head coach of the Dolphins. He was the offensive coordinator for San Francisco, and apparently – San Francisco gets two third round picks, compensatory picks for the hire of Mike McDaniel based on him being a minority. I want to say they're saying that his his father is black and his I, I don't know what his mother's ethnicity was, but I want to say his father is black. But without them telling me that I would I would have never known by looking at the man, which is fine. No, no big deal there. But it kind of feels like the Dolphins did the least they possibly could. <laughs> <laughs> they basically said, all right, now we're we, we going to hire a guy that fits the 2% rule. You know, if you got 2% of black blood running through your veins, you're black. So it doesn't matter how you look. So you can't say <laughs> that we didn't, <laughs> that we didn't hire a minority. I don't really think that he was all that instrumental in San Francisco's offense, just knowing the level and the detail in which Cal Shanahan specifically uh, puts into the offensive side of the ball. It just kind of feels like, you know, he's like a lot of these other guys that didn't get a job specifically because they were in the same situation, like Eric B. Enemy. The, uh, Eric B. Enemy and uh, Andy Reid, you can't tell me is a different situation. Matter of fact, B. Enemy is more instrumental in that offense than this guy was in San Francisco's offense. Again, in my humble opinion, and I'm gonna kick sure. it over to you first, Vander, because I know that's your squad. You'll be able to correct me if I'm wrong. But no, nah, I mean you're 100 correct. I mean, I guess the the uh, recipe is work for Shanahan, you get a job. Or McVay. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess you know, what I mean, because every all these guys are under that tree. You know, what I mean, that you're seeing a lot of success now, and and another guy that did not call plays. You know what I'm saying? It's getting a job. And it's, and that's fine. I'm not saying you have to call plays to get a job. That's not what I'm saying. If you're trying to work on your team offensively, I think 
that's something that's kind of like vital or instrumental. I agree. Get someone that's from has a familiar, you know what I'm saying? Cause, I mean, a head coach is really a game manager, in my opinion, right? You know how to like manage relationships and manage men, you know what I mean? Right. You, you pick the right staff, you get the right coordinators to, 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 you know, make your dream, you know, come true. So I get that part, but this is another hire. To, it, no one's seen this one coming. I have no idea. And this guy, he worked, you talking about, he came from the ground. He's a ball boy. He worked his way from a ball boy all the way. He, he's been close That's to the Shanahan family for that long. Admirable. Right. So on his, on his side, listeners, I, I want you to make sure that you hear what we're saying and not what we aren't saying. So this guy probably deserves every opportunity he'll ever get. Not indicated in any way that he, that he shouldn't have an opportunity, but what happens when you don't know a Shanahan? And you don't get the opportunity to be a ball boy and work your way up or you don't get the opportunity to showcase your talents. And then people believe that the other guy to the to the left or right of you is the one that's actually responsible for the success. But although you're in the same or similar situation as someone else who continues to get the, the same type of person who continues to get the head coaching jobs like right now, they're saying the Vikings are going to be hiring as their new head coach the OC under Sean McVay with the Rams. They're saying that he's going to get that job uh, pretty much as soon as the Rams are done with the Super Bowl. So I'm like, you know, another guy that obviously isn't calling plays, who is going to a team as a head coach as a quote-unquote offensive guru, but you've never even had to, you know, figure out what place should be called next in this particular situation. Like, you aren't even the go-to guy for that information. Like, your head coach is. So I don't know. It, it just seems like it's uh, the pot calling the kettle black, as we say down south a lot, which is just another fancy way for saying the hypocrisy is real. That a lot of these people getting the opportunity for the mere fact that you got people who have roles like a passing consultant. You got somebody who, you know, focus on the run game and all these different facets of the offense. From my understanding, like I was uh, expressing yesterday, I was reading a Sports Illustrator article. He actually is the one who came up with m- most of these run concepts they've been using uh, there at the 49ers. And uh, Garoppolo even kind of affirmed that too. So it's not just Sports Illustrated saying it, but Garoppolo went on to say too, it's not to say he's the only mastermind, but he definitely uh, brought the ideas and things to the table for a lot of the run scheme that they implement there at the 49ers. Kevin O'Connell, he's really good at like, – I think that's the trend is like, even though they're not calling the plays, they're pivotal in implementing whether they're the passing coordinator and some of their prior roles or however they worked on the facets, you still have to know the offense. And most teams, in most cases, they let you call some of the plays during the preseason. Is it the same as calling it during the regular season? No. But I think they have, you know, these people are getting these opportunities have just a pivotal role. Because we're looking at Matt LaFleur. We're looking at uh, the Bengals coach. We're looking at several other coaches. I forgot the other two because we had that conversation last week. Who didn't call plays, who are now first-time winning coaches. I just you know, wanted to throw that out there as well. Like It's just like we said, it's like the Shanahan, the Kubiak kind of thing. Look, you know, the McVeigh. I think that's just the new trend now. Like The West Coast is the new meta, I guess we can say, going out in the NFL right now. Okay, so Vander, let me ask you a quick question. What run scheme did Shanahan run when he was in charge of the Washington football team? It's always been his own run scheme. And and what one scheme is he running today? His own run scheme. So what the hell did this dude create? Are we talking about like because Debo's (laughs) running the ball all the time? 
Is, is that is that the concept that we're talking about? That, that and, and let's be honest, if unless you have a Debo, you can't create that because ain't no it ain't but so many wide receivers that can stand up to that type of punishment. This man was a, a running back and a wide receiver's body off top. Again, I'm not taking anything away from this guy, but the system hasn't changed. And just because you created a couple plays, now you ahead. Like I, I don't, I don't, I can't digest but, that. I, it, it don't work. Let's go back, like from the '80s, right? When the '80s for Bill Walsh made the the West Coast, right? And then he had, you know, Holmgren. He had a 49ers head coach. He had a few people, and they went on to make their own iteration to the West Coast offense. And then from that, Mike Shanahan and his son, he that's Kyle doing his own thing. That's Kubiak, his, you know, his understudy doing a version. It's like a, a tree, but every tree changes. Like the Browns do a lot of 12 personnel, a lot of double mm-hmm. tight ends, whatever. It's technically the West Coast. Mm-hmm. We just saw, you know, with the even 49ers, it's still West Coast, but they implement a lot of the a lot of philosophies of the zone running scheme. Either way, like if you notice the trend, like if you're looking at where they coach prior, a lot of these people have these these backgrounds being under, like whether they was positional coaches, whatever, in the same scheme. When they get their own opportunity, we don't know what they sprinkle on it, but we're now seeing the Bengals in the Super Bowl. We've seen the Stefanski. Oh, that's another disciple of the whole Shannon thing, you know, going back from the father, not just uh, Kyle. So I think it's more verse. This is like a whole meta because, yeah, it's the West Coast. Yeah, it's his own run scheme. But some of these concepts are becoming new. They're dope and they're innovative. And I think, yeah, Kyle is, knows the West, the zone run scheme, of course, uh, duh. But for whatever the success is, it, it, whatever it points to, this guy is getting credit as well, being a part of whatever they're doing. So if he didn't do it, he wouldn't to me get a head coaching job, but I'm not defending the head coaching <laughs> job because I don't know what he's going to do at the next level. It's, I mean, it's just the relationships right now. I mean, that's the only thing. You, that's I mean, the main thing. Relationship. Yeah, yeah, Who knows I mean, you? Yeah, that's that's all it is. It's not really about your resume and how much success you have had in this league. It's just all about who likes you, who's who will co-sign for you to right. get this job. You know what I mean? Um, True. We didn't see so many coaches get opportunities just because they was under Bill Belichick. Right. Um, <laughs> and now we've seen it with Kyle Shanahan. This guy has just been around Kyle so long. That, I mean, of course somebody's going to rub off on you. You're going right. to learn what they know. And that's just what they're going for. There's not really going to any success that he has had, per se. I mean, yeah, you could say he was part of this, this team, but how much did he contribute to this team? I mean, okay, he may well, have, he may have come up with a few run plays, but he's not out there calling any of these plays when it's crunch time. So I mean, why doesn't Byron Leftwich get the same love? They just won a Super Bowl. He's right. He's black. He's he's, he's <laughs> under he's under <laughs> a, a Hall of Fame head coach that some of what he does should have. I mean, like I guess. But you see, let me the, real quick though. I only cut you say, but real I, quick, no, no, I, go I, gotta, I gotta say this. But you see the difference, right? You get these uh. Caucasian coaches that do not call plays. Their OCs, they don't. They may be passing uh, coordinators, whatever you want to call it. They don't call plays and they get opportunities. But when you have a black OC, it's always a question: Do he call plays? Right. Like right. that. That's right. that is that's that's, that's crazy. That the that head coach has to be asked. asked. Right. right. They never ask. They never ask Kyle. Do this guy call plays? You know, did they ever ask LaFleur, is this, was this dude calling plays? But they quick to ask Andy Reid, do he call plays? They quit to ask Aaron, well, who's calling the plays over there? They got to know 
is this black guy calling the plays versus knowing the white guy do not call plays at all, but it's still okay. No, I wholeheartedly agree. And that's why like, I have nothing like, but it just, but it's just crazy that the track record shows. Cause we're looking at LaFleur. We're looking at, I keep forgetting the dude from the Bengals. And I know it's for the Browns. They all have winning seasons. They have winning programs. So I'm not saying like, I agree. We need to find out why the fuck the enemy isn't in there. We need to find out why Leftwich isn't in there. Like it's it's ridiculous that they're not there. But at the same time, to say that they these people don't call plays and all these different things, and when they have their own team, they got top offense. I ain't saying that they deserve it because, like I said, I think it's who you know, who your coaching tree is. Because, like I said, this new meta is the West Coast. So okay, so what does Andy Reid? What is, what's the what kind of offense would they run? What would that be called? I would still consider it West Coast because philosophically he's more of a vertical, okay. more vertical presence. Right. As far as so if that's the up. meta, who got a better meta resume than the enemy? The guy went to oh, four straight. That, but that's the crazy thing, right? I'm not going to argue with you, but I'm saying no, no, that's the crazy thing about it. Like this dude went to, he didn't win the four straight AFC championships. Oh yeah, calling plays. Sucks, man. That's the part that bothers me too. So I'm like, it sucks because they with the Rooney rule is so. It's like, oh hey, we'll give you some compensatory picks. You hire a black guy. What just happened in Texas? Texas got a couple more fucking picks just to let it go. The guy go a year later. Like, what kind of bull yeah. crap is? <laughs> and they gonna do it again? Oh no, I think Mike uh, Daniels might be closer to white than he is black, so I think he's safe. And it's not to be rude to the audience. No, that's the, that's that's the that's but, the Dolphins that got Mike McDaniels. Um, yeah, but my, but Mike the Texans had like just a, talking about hiring a lovey Smith. But, but I'm just talking about pre prior to they had Cully. And under that same rule, they got yeah. compensatory picks coming to them because and of that. So let's talk about the other rule that got the San Francisco 49ers two third-round compensatory picks. So oh. this rule, in my opinion, is kind of backwards. But let me explain the rule. So what happens is if you have a minority coach on your staff that ends up getting hired to a higher position or head coaching position on another team, you get rewarded for essentially assisting with that minority kind of coming up through the ranks. Now, here's the issue with that, right? Or, or here, here's why I feel that that's backwards. First and foremost, if you want this to be almost an instantaneous change, make it that the team that's higher in the minority gets to pick compensatory picks versus this guy has to be on my staff X amount of time and I have to attempt to sell him to somebody else as being good enough to be your coach before I can get my picks. Because if every team got two third round picks for hiring a minority, minorities on these coaching staffs would no longer be a problem. I guarantee you that. So just a little revamping of the rule could honestly fix the problem. You see, here's the thing. Once you're in the room with those other guys. So again, don't hear what we aren't saying. What tends to happen, and this is a very fine line I'm walking right now, right? Because there's racism and then there's happenstance. I think in the NFL, there are some cases of racism, but it's a good bit of happenstance as well. And what I mean by that is Vander brought up something a little bit earlier. It's who you have relationships with. It's who knows you, who you're in the presence of. So if I never get one of these lower positions and have the opportunity to showcase my talent and my wits to you, you know nothing about me to bring me in. So the first time we're actually have a, having a conversation, although it was a great conversation, the first time you're hearing my voice is in the interview. This other guy has been a ball boy and has been a, a, a scout and has been a da 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 for the last however long. 
So you've known his name for a good bit of time. It doesn't mean he's necessarily better for the job, but you feel more comfortable. And so what a lot of us are trying to say is you have to find a way to create that same level of comfortability. So then it makes the playing field even when these big jobs come open, because, you know, a lot more of the client pool, if you will, versus just the ones that are homegrown and that you can make a phone call to someone that you've called a hundred times and that person vouches and then they're good to go. Even with Brian Flores, he got the Dolphins job because look at who his head coach was. Look at who was able to vouch for him. A lot of these, even in the minority cases, a lot of those coaches that are hired is based on where they came from and who was able to vouch for them where they were coming from. So that's the other side to the puzzle that makes it very difficult to balance because everything that is, I would say, painted a certain way isn't necessarily what it appears to be. So all of these circumstances do not amount to racism, but it does amount to circumstance. So we have to look at not necessarily dealing with quote unquote racism per se, but changing the circumstance and the outlook of these potential candidates is kind of where my head is on the whole issue. But we're going to get back to football and fantasy football. <laughs> Actually, just before we get back to fantasy football, one of the other things that came up during the week was coaches being paid to tank. Brian Flores indicated that the Dolphins owner offered him $100,000 a game to tank. That was closely followed by a couple of other coaches who came out and said that they've seen similar things. A couple of players came out and said that based on plays called, based on practicing, based on et cetera, et cetera, it kind of feels like they definitely weren't doing their best or doing the most that they could to win. I honestly wouldn't put I wouldn't put it past the owners. I, I hate when people are fake shot. Right. So there was literally a whole tank for two a campaign. Right. The talk in the in, in the news and in the little sports cast and all this kind of good stuff every day was, well, you know, the the owners and the GMs got to do what they got to do. But you can't make the coaches and the players want to tank. So it's always been an understood concept that the higher up the ranks you go, the more likely they're looking at what's going to be beneficial for the team for the next five to 10 years versus looking at what's going to be beneficial for the next one to two years. That's just the way corporate America works. And like it or not, I know it's a game and we would like to think that it's pretty straight laced and the rules are the only things to the rules of the actual game are the only things to consider. But no, these are businesses owned by businessmen who this wasn't their first rodeo with business. And in corporate America, the thought process is a lot different than what old ball coach is going to think. So I wasn't surprised. And not only wasn't I surprised, I was shocked that people act like they were shocked by this information so that's just kind of where i was on that one of my things i, I find a problem with with the nfl is um well what well, a lot of the owners they're not football people nah they bought them. they bought these teams strictly as a business it's an asset so correct <laughs> they don't try they're not trying to win games um they, they am i making day. money right <laughs> am i my, making the money? bottom line you know what i'm saying <laughs> If the stadium's packed, I don't care if we lose every game. You know what I mean? And, and he had too many of those in the league right now. And you could tell the guys, the teams that want to get better and want to win versus the teams that just want the next, the next young name. Right. Just do everything in their power to destroy the house. One thing about this Flores thing, though, this, this is going to be some type of, and, and I'm sure he has to have it, for him to jump out the window like this, some kind of proof. But 
proof don't matter. That that's no, it, but it, but it will because if he has some type of proof that Ross actually offered him this deal, if there's a party, a witness, someone can say, yeah, this I was there, or I heard of. Uh, Robert Kraft was on video, bro. No, listen, Robert Kraft. <laughs> on, hold on, no, no, Robert Kraft was on video doing what? Illegal shit. Like, but no, no, but doing what? They they burned the video, so we will never know but, exactly what. Right, was. but that but that has nothing to do with football. No, Robert Kraft was Robert Kraft is getting the rock off. Right, right, right. But what I'm saying is, even that's, if it's on video with you doing some dirty shit, that don't mean that it's going. Like it, I'll bring my team to the forefront. We 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 got caught. They burned the video. I mean, no, but but y'all paid a price though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, but the, but the price will be paid behind closed doors. That's no, no, how no, the no, owners. No, 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 no. This is different. This is the integrity of the game. Just okay. like we seen in the NBA, where where the guy, I mean, the Clippers was forced to sell that team. Like they can put you in a situation where you're gonna be forced to sell. If they can, if they can prove without a shadow of doubt, look at look at Pete Rose. Like if, if you if you mess with the integrity of the game as far as wins different and sports. losses, different sports. Baseball is huge though. I know. I mean, ba- ba- baseball is almost a religion. That's what I'm saying. It's different sports. Football right. ain't like that. You see, it football is the biggest sport in the, in the, in the country. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's not the biggest sport in the country. What I'm saying is the adherence to rules and numbers in baseball is almost like a religion. You don't hear people going around quoting football numbers. This guy has da 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 amount of yards and touchdowns. Baseball heads, they can tell you every stat from every player going back to Babe Ruth. So it's it's a different. I'm just saying the games are different. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying one is bigger but or smaller. Like that. I said, if they're able to prove that in some shape or form. I can see him being forced to, to, to get up, get from under that team because it's just Dan Snyder ain't got to sell. No, 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 no. But see, what Dan Snyder is, I get what you said. It had to do with wins and losses, the right. integrity. I get what you're saying. Just, just you talking trash or or saying something, or, or maybe saying you know something that's um, racist or or sexist or. That's yeah, different. But, you, cheerleaders and, and, you know, but you gotta understand now when it comes favors for yeah, exactly. Right. When you talk about you talk about integrity of the game, and then now it's a thin line between that and gambling. The thing about it, if I know I'm gonna lose, you start you see, you start to play with that side of the game. So Kraft mm-hmm. and all the other guys, they be just doing other stuff. But when you start messing with wins and losses, I can see them either one, he getting from under that team, or two, they're gonna bring a lottery to the NFL. Because they're not gonna let that's teams. That's what they need to do. They're not that's gonna let teams need. tank anymore and just say, "Hey, we got the worst record, so we get the first pick." Nah, they about to get rid of that. It's gonna be a lottery selection, or I could see them. It, it depends on how bad this thing get. But I could see them forcing that guy from from up under that team. Shit, create an NIT tournament. Whoever whoever wins the second tournament actually gets the first pick, and then and then you go backwards in order from there. So that way you get a lot more football. All the teams get some type of a postseason, and you actually make the the draft that much more interesting because you're actually fighting for that position. So no matter how you started out the season, by the end of the season, your worst case scenario is you're fighting for a, a pick 101. That would make football a hell of a lot more interesting versus people tanking. Nah, they just need to do you a lot. Think of so? Nah, because I mean, now you got more games. The players are going to yeah. complain that they got the, the players not going to like that. Why they're not gonna like because it? Because they're not playing. They're not playing for no championship. Because Dudes don't every- give a damn or playing oh, for well, no picks. Okay, okay. that's you. something my owner you. care about or GM care about. I got you. You think? Uh, well, yeah. Okay, I got you. I feel you, you. you think Derek Henry, one of these guys, or whoever, one of these you know big time guys, make a lot of money, gonna be like, yeah, I'm, let's go out here and win, get these picks. 
Well, I mean, nah, man, well, I'm I mean, not risking my I'm not risking my health for a pick for this team. I don't know about that because if we're right there oh. on the brink, and I know the guy that 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 we need on the team can be within those first two or three picks, and now it'll be us going to the real playoffs next year versus doing nah. this bullshit tournament. The only reason why because the <laughs> NFL is not it's not guaranteed. Guys get cut all the time. There is no love. And once they're done with you, they're done with you. True. So no no player's gonna be like, yeah, let me sacrifice my health for the sake of this team when they ain't give a damn about cutting me if I'm not performing or if I get hurt or if I, I get too old. I just bring a lottery. That that'll just stop it right there altogether. But even with that, then you're gonna have teams that's on the, the same teams you're talking about that's on the brink. They can now overflow and be better. Because think about it. If you was one of those nine and seven teams that didn't make well, now it's gonna be what, nine and eight. If you want those kind of teams that didn't make it and you was able to land Aaron Donald or land a Julius Peppers or land a Peyton Manning or get one of these guys that's coming out. That's a a, a, one of those guys coming out. That's like a can't miss prospect. Right. Oh, you're going to change some things for real. Then so I think the lottery would be a lot more interesting um, anyway for the league. And then nobody gets. I mean, yeah, yeah, that that aspect of it does make sense because you're dealing Mm -hmm. with, you know, injury. You got several more people that end up with season injury, right. uh, season ending injuries or possibly career threatening injuries, things of that nature. So yeah, I can see that. So with that being said, that pretty much wraps up the news. This next segment is going to be deep diving into the senior bowl and kind of our first look at some guys that are going to be coming out that you may want to put on your radar. Um, and we'll continue to go over guys as our various processes in the offseason come through. But this next uh, portion or next segment, if you will, is going to be talking about what's going on with the senior bowl and the guys that are coming into the league. So, And then what I also want to do is just let the listener know this time of the year is where you definitely want to make sure that you have all your notifications on, that you're really tuning into the show. Because if you're in Dynasty, a lot of this information is relative right now. Um, even if you don't year round, you still want to get familiar with those names because a lot of gems. Like last year, I drafted uh, St. Brown for year round, and I was impatient. I dropped him. There was four or five weeks later, I'm like, shit. I got Elijah Mitchell because you just follow it through. So just needless to say, like we got a lot of gems to offer. And then also, too, once they're on teams, like the conversations we'll be able to have going forward are really going to help you and your league and start trying to piece everything together to win now. Because when you know that nobody knows who's in the 13th to 16th round, that's where you're going to make all your bread and butter because you can take more chances or do whatever kind of strategy you want to do in the beginning of the round. So I definitely want all our listeners to know, like we're really going to be picking it up once, especially once they get on teams, we're really going to have great conversation. First and foremost, I'll definitely touch on the East West Strong game only because there was nobody on the East-West Shrine game that really – no quarterbacks was on there. But Josh Johnson, I liked him a lot. He had four receptions, 98 yards during that game, and he looked super explosive. And then when you kind of look at what he did during the season, he had 83 receptions, uh, 1,100 yards, and six touchdowns. He's like a 5'11", 171 kind of guy, a real burner. I'm not trying to say he's going to do anything well, but because this year – we're looking at this year if I'm going to do a – like, by position, I guess I start wide receiver. You know, this wide receiver group is so huge. Like, I know everybody's watching, everybody talk about, like, uh, Trey Burke and uh, Drake London, but there's at least another 10, maybe a dozen wide receivers that's going to go the first, you know, 
two to three rounds. Like it's it's gonna be ridiculous how they're gonna fall off the board. What do you and think I about say, Chris Olave? Oh my gosh, he he's gonna definitely go towards the end of the first round, uh, into uh the second. It's just so after you look at Trey Burke and Dre in London, even those two don't even seem solid in my personal opinion. But Wilson they're the consensus. Too. Yeah, you got uh you got too many of them to name. Uh, but that's one position I'm noticing is really big. Uh, running back is really a skill set position. It's not a definitive bell cow. Maybe Brian Robertson Jr. But we have to wait for the combine to come. That's where most of the stuff gonna come out. The tangible stuff like that, some of the measurements, but it's really a skill set position at running back. So we don't have to look forward, unfortunately, to the bell cow running back. Tight end, it really just comes down to two players. They honestly might go. Uh, Trey McBride might sneak into the first round. He's really fucking good. Trey McBride, is, he reminds me, as of right now, I probably got to say a Kittle, if anything. Like, this guy does it all. He's very versatile. He wasn't a senior bow. He only caught one pass, but you can't look at that. You got to look at his actual production. The dude was the best tight end by far. And what and was his name Jay, again? Um, Trey McBride. Trey McBride, okay. That he had over a thousand, a thousand yards, close to hundred receptions this year, double digit touchdowns. Like the dude is, dude is nasty. And then behind him is Jalen, who he's like a Injoku kind of guy, where he's going to sneak into the probably the second round because he is really versatile as well. We just got to see if he's explosive. If he can test well, he's probably going to go to a good team that's a needing a tight end. So I just want to get an audience an overview of that. And also, lastly, the quarterback position, which there's not how it was in year past when we had Deshaun, we had Pat Mahomes. Like It's not that when we know it's a definitive, this is the number one guy kind of thing. Like, like we know it's a surefire guy that's going to be a top 10 dynasty or not, not yeah, dynasty or a yearly quarterback. It's Pinkett. Uh, Pickett is the one who's the most court, like uh, ready right now. So he, to me, looks like somebody, he's going to be a starter. He's anticipated to be a starter. And he definitely showed up in the senior bowl. He ended up in 66. Uh, so perfect uh, perfect in passing. He had 89 yards and a touchdown. Um, so he definitely was able to show up um, when he was given the opportunity in the senior bowl. And we could definitely keep this high level. It, it doesn't have to be specifically about the senior bowl, but just counting some of the people that are on your radar. Yeah, pick it very well, even in practice, because that's what I was doing most of yesterday, watching him in practice. He just does it. He just does everything well. And But I think because it's him and then it's a drop-off a little bit, you kind of can't look at it like, oh, my gosh, he's – like you got like uh, – as far as the audience, I want the audience to know kind of temper your expectation. It's not like he has competition to kind of push him. He's clearly the number one in this quarterback uh, thing. He's most quarterback ready. He has the most, he's the most QB ready as far as how he throws on platform, off platform. Just his throw. We all saw his throws. It was beautiful. It's Chris. After that, it just definitely becomes a conversation. Who's quarterback two? Because Ritter just went off and did a phenomenal job. And I was just like, damn, this my like even now Pittsburgh, believe it or not, is in they're looking to schedule meetings with him already. And that's kind of freaking cool. But based on his performance, he's another one of those guys. He has a great arm. He's you know, great anticipatory thrower, great in the pocket. I like that too. He, he's obviously gonna go in the first round, 
But right after Pickett, like I said, it's Ritter, and then it's going to be my favorite guy. That's Malik Willis. Malik Willis, um, then he only threw four passes. He went like two for, he went, uh, two for four, didn't throw as many yards, but he did obviously get it done on the ground. This is a kid who it is possible he can be overall the first quarterback. But as we, that's not why we're on the show today. We literally have to wait and see how he's evaluated from his pro day and what he ended, you know, he ended up with. He is like Lamar Jackson in the sense where he has to go to a system which is going to speak to his skill set. He goes anywhere else, it's a tank. Might as well not even look at him because he has the tangibles, he has the pedigree, and that's one thing we got to look at Lamar. Lamar got better every year in school. Malik is the same way where he is going to get better as a passer. Right now he isn't the best passer, but he has the best live arm that we've seen in this out of all of them. And Even then again, he, we're looking at Cincinnati's Desmond Ritter for his passing. Um, and, and actually, this is exactly what showed up in the senior bowl. Uh, Desmond Ritter for his passing and then Liberty's Malik Willis for his running. And it's definitely going to be system oriented. I can see why Pittsburgh is looking at this guy, because I think Pickett is going to be probably the first quarterback taken and. It, it would almost be unlikely that Ritter would make it down to number 20 where I think Pittsburgh is, but they're doing their due diligence stuff. What other players yeah. did you have kind of moved the meter for you that you're keeping on your radar? Um, Actually going to back, actually going to the East West Shrine game, I was actually happy with Ty Chandler. Like I said, this running back group, there's not a bell cow, but almost like a Michael Carter. Actually, he came out of the same school, North Carolina. 11 carries, 69 yards. One reception for eight yards. That stood out to me a lot because East West Strong Game doesn't really give you a lot of star-studded talent. It's really like the junior, you know, uh, red shirt juniors look like not scrubs. I tell anybody if you're in a Division One school is a good players, but Ty Chandler actually doing well in that really bodes well for him. I really like him a lot. He's he's really going to be. It's almost I, I, Michael Carter is a good comp in the sense where. He can be eventually a, th- a two-down. He's going to start off a two-down bet, but he does have three a three-down upside. But, again, we can't speak to something that we don't know. But him kind of putting himself in the conversation with the top two or three backs is actually going to be good because I think a lot of these backs honestly are going to go second or third. We don't have a clear first-round running back this year, honestly. So how do you feel about – I want to say his name is Walker, Michigan State? Oh, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is freaking dope. I like him, but the thing is with the running back, and we've seen the trend a lot lately, we can get more serviceable options later on in the draft. It would, I wouldn't be surprised if someone could come into the first round, but to take a flight, like look at Seattle. We took Rashard Penny in the first round. He did well in college collegiately, but Kenneth Walker is a phenomenal talent. Um, he wasn't at either of the bowl games, and I understand why. I rather, if, if I'm him, I'm sitting out. I probably don't even go to the combine. That's how well he is of a back. He doesn't have to do anything at the combine. But he's, it's just hard to say what he'll like. Look at ETN. We didn't get to see him on the field, but we knew what James Robinson was. So ETN was what? And it's almost like Kenneth Walker. Like he does have three down upside, but at the same time, it's just because it's early on in the process. To have that conversation with him, we got to see where he gets drafted. And that's a lot of these positions. I think with wide receiver, we can't really have a lot of conversations with them because we're going to need 
with them, the film is all the, the organizations need to see. We don't need them to do anything else. Like Trey Burke and Drake London, we need to know where they go and which order they go. Just like, for example, with Ruggs, Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver, but we clearly know he wasn't the best right. wide receiver. He wasn't the best. In the, yeah, definitely. Okay. And yeah, because there's so many far few in between, we can't go into that. We definitely got to keep a look at the quarterbacks because we know what pick it is. We know Ritter and Willis is also in that same role. But another person that stand out who actually sucked during like the latter end of the season was Sam Howell, North Carolina's uh, quarterback. He looked freaking sharp, and he actually did it well both on the ground and passing. Um, I had his stats right here too because that just kind of threw me off because he had a really good outing uh, during the Senior Bowl. I could see guys like him, like Howell and the kid from Ole Miss who came into this season with the high expectations but didn't really quite turn that page. I could definitely see those guys being maybe gems for teams later, uh, second round and things of that nature later in the draft. Yeah. You may have get some guy that was looked at as a lottery selection but fell because they didn't uh, have a, a great senior season. Yeah, Vin, that's what that's why I kind of like the senior bowl. And I, it's it's not to say you hang your hat on the senior bowl, but I like it is that you're not throwing with your receivers, anybody, you know, you don't got the same offensive line, you know. And whereas, for example, the Pro Bowl, which we already know we hate, people actually know, like, competing for their livelihood. So it was a really competitive showing, but I like that he showed, like you said, compared to his regular season, he actually was really poised in there. He did really well, five, uh, six for nine. Uh, for 67 yards passing. Then he had five carries for 29 yards and one touchdown. I love that versatility because I always question, like, is how does he work with progressions? Well, that's still questions we're going to have to see. Like, I think in his case, he'll have to have a strong pro day to make it to the third round. But to your point, he, to me, is a big one of the risers that actually earned a lot of money this year by having a strong senior bowl because unlike East-West Shrine game, you know, this is where coaches start getting together who they're going to speak to during the combine and making those invitees during that kind of period. Because, you know, this is going to be for these quarterbacks. They have five weeks to get a lot better. Like Malik Willis, not to keep going back, he has a strong, you know, he takes this five weeks. He works on it, you know, like they love to go to these gurus. And then by two months, by the time he has his pro, grade, pro, you know, pro day in March or so, if he balls out and he does, he does a complex. He can't do a regular, like scripted. No, he has to take seventy throws, and it has to be stuff that we needed him to progress on. He could sneak in there. I love Carson Strong, and I I want the viewers to know him. He's another quarterback, and I've said a lot in our dynasty. And I, I can't wait till we have tales of the dynasty that's coming up right after this. But he's. Another one of those, Trey Lance, Carson Wentz, Josh Daniels. He's a small school kid with a phenomenal arm. He played hard, but he had a fumble. He had an interception. Um, I think he only he didn't even do 60% completion. But he is definitely one of those quarterbacks that, for Dynasty, again, I, he's, he's not in that conversation for a year round. Um, he might sneak into one of these rounds if, again, similar to most of these quarterbacks will have to do because the quarterback is group isn't strong. He has to do a, a script for his pro day that really shows us that he's capable of being an NFL quarterback in general because he has the arm. No one's going to question his arm. He has a talented arm, but that's to be seen. 
And that's why we start early. We want to make sure that we are familiar with the names that others are going to just skim over. Nine times out of 10, if ESPN isn't talking about them, most people aren't going to have a clue what to do with them in the Dynasty League. So our Dynasty League listeners, these are definitely going to be gems and jewels for you to keep in mind. With that being said, we are going to transition over to our first segment of Tales from a Dynasty. So I did not tell Brojo or Young Vander what the topic of discussion was going to be for this segment because I wanted you guys to hear first reaction after I put it out there. Okay. So this past week, right, I ended up getting a trade off in our Dynasty League of Record. I traded Jalen Waddle, a 2022 this year's seventh pick of the first round and Jacoby Myers from the Patriots. So those three items for Cooper Cup and a 2023, so not this year's, but next year's draft first round pick. Not exactly sure where that pick will end up, but based on the player it belongs to, probably somewhere around the, the same seven, eight, nine, just depending on how that player does this year. So there were a lot of reactions within the league. Some people thought it was a forest and it didn't make any sense at all. Other people thought it was a fair deal. I even put the deal out on our Facebook group. Well, actually one of the larger Facebook groups, that's a little bit bigger than mine. Um, than the fantasy football theme family Facebook group on Facebook. So come one, come all come join that. Um, we're definitely looking to add members, even if we aren't Facebook friends, which we should be. You can still join the group. It's open to the public. Um, but I even put it on one of the groups there. It had like, you know, 80, 80,000 different people or whatever that, that are a part of that particular group. About 10 or so responded and their responses kind of mimicked that of the dynasty group. There were those that completely understood. There were those that were like, eh, I guess it's not that bad either way, but I might have kept Cup. Then there were those that was, why would you get rid of Cooper Cup? That made no sense at all. So let me set this up for you, and then I'll let you guys go with your reaction. The first thing that we have to keep in mind is this trade isn't in a vacuum, okay? So whenever you're in a dynasty league, right, there are teams that are front-running that are likely to win. There are teams that could possibly win just depending on which way the wind blows and then there's teams that are on the back end so the same is with a regular nfl team their championship windows and if you aren't in a particular window certain players may not be as valuable to your team as they are to fantasy in general right so that was the first part of the thought process of the person that um wanted that trade uh, the second part was in in this held true to his ideology, my initial offer was Diggs versus it being Waddle. Diggs and Cup are the same age. So the fact that he said, no, I don't want Diggs because just as with Cup, by the time my team is good enough to win, they'll be over 30 and kind of outside of their window. So Waddle, who was able to break records as a rookie, is in his mind's eye the perfect wide receiver that will be within where his championship window will probably end up being if he's been honest with himself 
my team on the other end is championship ready right now. So in a dynasty where we're talking about, you know, years of play, I'm looking at championship this year, because if I win the championship this year, the dynasty starts over because I will be a three-time champion. And the way it started was whoever becomes a three-time champion first at that point, We'll go ahead and start back over so that way everyone remains interested and it doesn't seem like the champion is a foregone conclusion. So that was the setup of the particular trade. That was the the win and why. And I'm ready to hear your takes on how you feel about the transaction and how you feel about the thought process as far as dynasty in general is concerned. And if you have advice going one way or the other as far as the best way to make a come up keeping in mind that his team had cooper cup the entire year and he had a losing season so cup was i can't wait i can't wait please please get to it get to him yo listen (laughs) how y'all doing out there and listen let us listeners where do i start (laughs) The, the the trade was horrible Let's just be clear. Um, and I'm glad you said what you just said, right? You said, being let's keep in mind, he had Cooper Cup all season and had a losing season. Yeah. So he just made his team worse. Wrong. So, no, hey, you had your time to speak. Now oh, it's my turn. Yep, that's right. Go ahead. Um, he made his team worse. Uh, you, you, you brought up Diggs. Hey, I gave all for him Diggs besides Waddle. Hey, that's not the issue. Jacoby Myers is the issue in this deal. Who cares if he you had Waddle uh, or whatever? And you and, and the funny thing about it, see, I could see through the smoke, and and I could tell. See, I'm a I'm a I'm a seasoned player, and looking at this guy, I could tell he don't know what the hell he's doing. Two reasons. For one, I could look at his existing team and tell that he's been getting took advantage of before this league started. If you see the team that he has currently, people. This guy has one good player on his whole team. And I know he didn't draft the team that he currently has constructed. And he has no draft picks, which shows me that he's been getting his butt taken advantage of since he came into this situation. That's number one. <laughs> number two. Hey, guys, I gave a waddle. I gave up a first round pick from this year, the seventh, eighth pick. But then in return, I got cup and a first round for 2023. Hmm. Chances are in 2023, that's going to be a first or second pick with the way his team looks. <laughs> see, but see, that's what people don't see. No, you can't no, see. no, no, oh, no, 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 no,
we're talking about a triple crown winner. There's only probably been like four or five guys in the history of the game that has done this thing. Funny thing has anybody done it twice? Is it my turn or yours? Because you had the floor. Thank you. Um, it doesn't matter about anyone doing it twice, sir. Um, and, and, and this is my thing, right? Listen, this, please don't be fooled by the guy in your league that's sending you a draft analyzer, a trade analyzer, and saying, hey, this deal works out for both of us. Look at this analyzer. It says you're winning this deal. Take it. No, 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 no. Because one thing I learned, computers don't watch football. And sometimes you can look at games and get an idea of who's who and, and, and how these systems work and how these relationships work and how this chemistry is. And the computers don't see that. All they see is numbers. So a lot of people are getting fooled by trade analyzers and saying, hey, this trade works for both of us. Or, hey, you're getting the best of this deal. Here you go. Nah, the, the chemistry that Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup has is second to no one in this league. You were the guy bank ringing the bell, ringing the bell, ringing the bell, talking about how bad Tua is. Well, guess what? Jalen Water quarterback is Tua. So you have that guy that's in the trade. And, and, and the funny thing, you another thing you said, let me go back to this. He was making this move because by the time he by the time his team is good, then these players are going to come to listen here, dude. This season, this 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 change, this league is gonna be over by the time that happens, because he didn't pretty much gift wrap you another exactly. championship um championship team, and and while I'm at it, and while I'm at it, listeners, let me let me ring off a a couple of a more of the receivers that's on this guy's team. Please, yes, Diggs, yes, Cooper mm. Cup, mm. yes, AJ Brown, Ooh. he has Hunter Renfro, he has mm. Justin Jefferson, he oh. has Claypool. So that that so you you heard the receivers that's on one guy's team, correct? That's just the receivers. That's just the receivers. Now let me list the receivers. The guy that just took water. Let me list his receivers: Marvin Jones, Brandon Cooks, Adam Lazard, (laughs) Van Jefferson, Rashad Bateman, Jalen Waddle, ISM from Minnesota. Like, what are we doing? Like, what's 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 going on out here? I'm you glad know what I mean? So, so, because guess what? Like Jacoby Myers or not, he's better than all but two of the receivers that you just called out. So let me ask you a quick question. Like let me ask you a quick question. An upgrade, but let, me ask you, let me ask you a quick question. Forget the picks. And in and, 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 and our league, the, the league that we've been in together, mm-hmm. you know how it gets down. You trying mm-hmm. to tell me if I say, hey, I got Waddle and Jacoby Myers for Cup, you would take that deal? I don't, hey, a simple yes or no for, would suffice. I don't know if you make mighty picks. Absolutely a not. Simple, not so you wouldn't take... Not in redraft. Why Absolutely wouldn't you? Not, not, not redraft, the great Jacoby Myers. Redraft is different than Dynasty. But Listen, I don't care if it's redraft, rewind, remix. You I'm can not say whatever pay. you want about I'm the not. name. All I can tell you is the dude was wide receiver 31. Like that, that is what it is. So, I mean, why would you have to cut your yes in PPR? Myers, the only person cut me off is Joe. I don't want to hear nothing from this dude. And who was wide receiver one? Who was wide Um, receiver one? Yeah, Cup. Oh, okay. Has he ever been wide receiver one before? Is it likely that he's going to receiver repeated as a wide receiver? Hold on, aren't you the guy that predicted him being the one this year? Absolutely. So, you don't, so what's your prediction now? He's going to fall off the face of the earth. No, what I'm saying is 
even even the Adams and the Hopkins of the world, they, they don't repeat as the number one wide receiver. And I can't get this year's points next year. So history says nine times out of ten, somebody else is going to be the number one wide Guess triple, what? Guess what? Right or not. Guess I what? Can't get Those same guys you're talking about, the Hopkins and the Adams don't repeat as number one. They don't fall far from number one. To, they might go to three or four. They don't fall That's far cool. at all. But if but, Cooper Cup was so number you think, three or number four, so you wouldn't you, be upset right now. Yes, if he was number no, three or number four, I would be upset because no, you because you, you wouldn't have a little guess what? Crown. I mean, how far can thirty one fall? See, one yeah. can fall to three or four, but what? How far can thirty one fall? Is the question. actually actually? I'm glad you brought that up because he's due for positive regression. He was wide receiver number thirty one with only getting two touchdowns on the season. So if you could be you could be wide receiver thirty one with only two touchdowns, and you're the Patriots' number one target in the slot position, which has always been the most targeted no, no, position no. in hey, that offense. Number one, guess what? I'm, I'm, see, this is this, the lie. This, this, the lie. no, but it, it, it ain't lie. about the lie. This is why I'm so my mind is so beautiful. Number one, guess what? Josh McDaniels is gone, sir. Who knows who's coming in and what they're gonna bring in, sir? When Josh McDaniels oh, left the last time, oh, oh. we kept the same offense. What are you talking oh. about, bro? Oh, 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 oh. Did, did we not? Did we? Not, so you saying we didn't throw the ball to the slot receiver more than any other position when when Josh McDaniels went to the Broncos when he was no longer on the team? We don't have to worry about what if. We saw what if. No, no, so no, what no. are you talking about, I, I, brother? Listen, don't come at me about the team, bro. I, okay. I already, boy, boy, stop. We didn't see two different styles of uh, offenses when it comes to New England players. Don't think for Hold on. We didn't see two different styles. I didn't see three different styles of New England offenses. Don't think every year has and always the been about. receiver was always the most targeted. No, 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 no. Tell me when it wasn't. No, no, no. Tell me when it nah, wasn't. Nah, nah, nah. If you're gonna make that claim, tell me when it was. Guess wasn't. what? Guess what? I got something for you. Tell me Jacoby when Jacoby Myers wasn't. is not Wes Walker. Jacoby Myers is not Julian Edelman, sir. So you you thinking, oh, where he's being targeted, this, this, that. You talking about he had two touchdowns. Yeah, he only got two touchdowns in his career. He only Edelman got two touchdowns, touchdowns, bro. What are we talking about? That that's he what happened more than in that two. offense. But look and how long a, he played. This dude has only been in the NFL two years. He's been in the NFL three years, sir. Um, he didn't play the first year. He did play the first year, sir. Um, Bro, look at the stats. He did not play the first year. He, he was did like the play the first year. Receiver. Edelman was still playing when he started. Did, bro. Hey, he still played. He. Oh, my. Okay. Was he red-shirted? Did okay. he not touch the field? Okay. He wasn't the starting slot receiver for the Patriots. He don't have to be the starting slot receiver. What do you for mean he don't have to be? That's what we're talking about. I'm talking hey, about the, the man. It don't matter the, the name. The, man the name don't league. matter if the you're man, in that position. Listen, the man been in the league three years, only got two touchdowns, and he finally just got him. And you're going to compare and him to a triple crown winner, something that. And that's where you're that's wrong. I never ever done. See, you can't see the forest for the trees. No, no, no. Myers has, no, no. Myers has nothing to do with anything. He is. We, we're he not talking about Waddle. We're oh. not talking about the first round pick. We're talking hey, about the Waddle. back end piece of the trade. You damn right. Come you on, talking bro, about Waddle? You talking, you talking about Tua? You talking about Tua's receiver? I'm talking about the receiver you're that about Tua's receiver? broke the rookie record. You talking yeah. about Tua's receiver? That's what I'm talking about. As much as you talk about down upon this man. Boy, so you saying on, you can't have a Look great it, boy with a bad quarterback? Is that what you're saying now? Is that is that what just, dude, just to be clear? Or just to dude, be clear, you are you saying him. you can't have a great receiver you with a bad quarterback? I can't. I use the I want to use the word start with an That's R. That's your opinion. I want to use the four That's letter word and start with an R, but I don't want to say that on this show. That's your opinion. But you screwed him in his bunky. That's your opinion. Straight facts. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, because. 
I want to go back to Jacoby because that's actually that's why I was trying to ask Van a question. When has like we keep saying he's a slot receiver, right? That is the that is the buku. That's just oh my gosh, he's the why he's just, okay. Where is the positive progression to where I can say, yeah, he can be a number one receiver? That's like that's having um Landry for the Browns. Oh my god, Landry's the number one fucking receiver. Who fucking cares? He doesn't matter. <laughs> he's he, he like he's a shell of himself. You if it's Dolphins fucking Landry, then cool. To my right. point. You're telling me Myers, oh my God, he's a wide receiver one. Who gives a shit? He had 126 targets. No, no, he turned into a thousand yards. He's a wide receiver one for the Patriots, not a okay. wide receiver one for fantasy. But for the Patriots, he turned 126 targets to just 866 yards. I don't see it going up for him. Kendrick Bourne just came there off the streets, not even off the street, from the 49ers, only one year in the system, fucking seven, almost 800 yards, seven touchdowns. That's fucking ridiculous. If you're going to be my number one target, the number of the 30 wide receiver 32, and I can't look for you to give me more than four touchdowns on top receiver receptions, he's going to always put himself in the top 40 to 50. Show me the season where Edelman had all these touchdowns that you're talking about Edelman, but Edelman found the end zone. That's what I'm asking you. Show me the season where he had all these touchdowns that you're talking about. But I can tell you the years he had the receptions. No, 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 no. Because Jacoby has the receptions. What you just said was with that many receptions, he should have more touchdowns. So what I'm asking is show me the year where Edelman had all these touchdowns that Jacoby should have. Okay, watch this. No, no, no. I got you. I got you. Because He had a rookie quarterback. Edelman, I mean, uh, Edelman had Tom Brady, and go ahead and you tell me that is his best touchdown year. Why are we using? Why are we using Edelman? Cause we we in the right because now. That's the, because that's the dude that played the same position. That's the, who, oh, who they say, hold on, under? because they played the same position. That means something. And the same t- yes, in that no, no, in that offense, no. the slot receiver. Number one, we don't know what the off. We don't know what the offense is going to look like moving forward. Well, so let's not use I'm, that argument. I'm intrigued by this. You know question. what's so I'm funny though. Cooper Cup had more yards and touchdowns than Hold both on. of them dudes combined. Hold on. You aware of that, right? What was the question again? You aware that he started for that team, right? Oh, it, it didn't matter. Which means it didn't no, matter. Is he still lost? Yeah, but that but he's the goofy. Cooper Cup would never do better again. But he's the goofy. Okay, well, be be him then. Yeah, I mean, but that's well, a, that's hey, the point. Hey. You took advantage of a slow kid. No, that's fine. I'm no, I'm sir. not impressed. Like we know what Edelman was. He to me, when was he fantasy relevant? When was he? Bro, no, 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 sir. You not say that about people. Please tell me when he was top ten or top fifteen. What the issue is is this: you're acting like every person in the trade is supposed to be a top dog. No, no, no. You can't tell me that Edelman wasn't a PPR stud. That's somebody that you could get in the late rounds, and he was going to get you double. Has he ever finished top five? Why does That's he need to be top five? What are we talking okay. about? Has he ever fi- I'm asking you a question. Right. I never said he finished top five. Has he ever finished top ten? Yes, he has. But you just the reason why it matters is because you just traded for the number one wide receiver. That's why it matters, sir. I feel like you, it's you want to compare Waddle just finished top 14 in his rookie year. And and, and the same Waddle you speak of get, I'm gonna get Cooper to Cup, Cooper Cup had more yards and touchdowns than I both of those dudes combined. Combined. So combined. Waddle in his rookie year already top 15. 
So he we don't a first round pick, which he had no picks, as you previously right. stated. He had no picks. Now he has a first round pick, a wide receiver that in his rookie year is comparable <laughs> how to many the times average, we, hold on, hold on. He's comparable to the average stats of Cooper yeah, Cup. Cooper Cup will never have this season again. And okay. if you get a third receiver what? who's gonna put up double what? digits. Again, he had Marvin read read off his receivers again and nah. tell me which one or not. Oh, okay, no problem. Nah, because 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 that's the reason why he shouldn't trade Cooper Cup. Don't worry because he doesn't have any. He doesn't have any wide receivers. But this but this guy just said he wouldn't have done the same deal. But he gonna say he didn't get over. That don't make sense. Because you felt if you felt like it was fair, you would have done the it, same deal. It, no, it depends on where your team is. I'm in the championship window. Cooper Cup didn't help his team. Uh, it don't matter. Now he has three spots. That, 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 that doesn't make sense. Oh, no. It does make sense. sense. Make a lot of sense. All right, so we're gonna leave Myers alone. So because you're in the championship window, he should trade you the best player on his team. No, because he's not in the championship window. He should trade you the best player. Van, I'm just going to cut you up because you're making great fire. We're gonna we're gonna move Myers to the side because me and Van, I think we agree where Myers stands in the NFL. Okay, he's a PPR stud. He's gonna at least give the audience a minimum of eight points a game at least. Ten. Okay, cool. He's gonna Ten, okay. he's gonna average double digits. Okay. Gonna, okay. And okay, again, we'll, remember the we'll wide receivers that. that he had. So that means that's two positions are now going to be better than what he had, and he okay. has a comparable wide receiver. Because if you look at Waddle's numbers in his rookie wide receiver, but we'll he's take giving it. you he's giving you the the numbers that Cup gets on average. Not in his outlier best season, Wait. but the numbers okay. that Cup gets on average is the same numbers that Waddle just put up in his rookie year. Let's, so let's yeah, pivot. it makes sense. But keep, keep okay, so we're gonna pivot. We're gonna pivot because it's a lot of stuff the audience don't know. We need to, to me, this is where it goes wrong. Waddle was top 11 this year. Great. That, that's what it was, right? Because we have to put it forward us. That was this year. It is likely that he might be the same, if not regress, next year. Regardless of what he just wait, did. Wait, 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 wait. NFL history says that wide receivers get better in year number two, not worse. I'm just What did that DK just do? What did DK just do this year? He was hurt, though. He had an ankle injury all year. Okay, injuries happen. So probably so. All right, get that right. To Van's point, because we only got a short amount of time, right? Waddle is great to me. Waddle is a solid part of the piece. Okay, Waddle gets him where he needs to go. I don't agree with Myers, but you're not telling the audience you have the fourth overall pick in the draft. You've won the championship twice. Mm. How did you gave him the fourth pick? You gave him the fourth pick. You gave him the fourth pick in the draft, and I would no. Like, I gave him seven. That'd be a fair. I know, but I'm telling you, if you had gave him the fourth pick, to me, that would be more sensical. Because again, we can't tell you you wrong because he accepted. So you saying I should pay? So, so you saying that you are liberal, and I should pay more because I got more? No, it's not. But I said to me that would be fair, Vander. You said I, because I'm a champion because right. I got a good team that I should None pay more. No, I'm not. I'm saying, I said be fair. Tag. Be fair. I'm saying being the fair. The price tag is the price. If he tag. was smart. If he was smart, because again, we got to deal with people like like Vander said. We can't use certain words, and that's my dog. <laughs> he helped me with basketball, so I'm definitely not going to slay him on the show. But if his IQ was up there, Vander, to your to my point, if it had the fourth pick, 
Let what me tell you where you're wrong. He asked what for the fourth pick. You're wrong because he asked for the fourth pick. I, he asked for the fourth pick, and I was going to give him Diggs with the fourth pick. He countered me, Waddle, with the seven. If you want to know the whole story, that was his. So counter why are we discussing this? And we know we're not dealing with somebody that that can make sense. He got right. what he wanted, and he got a comparable so wide receiver. So who's, but you, you, you're missing six the point. Though. Younger, who's six years younger than the wide receiver? Hey, if you, that guy. Hey, if you win, we're going to redraft anyway. You're right. Why am I going to give? Why am I going to give? But if I don't, but but then also tell the audience this: I didn't even have the best record in the in in the league. I oh just won the ship. I didn't have the best record. Dude, but what are you going to do with AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Hunter? I'm gonna Renfro. beat y'all ass is what I'm going to do. What you want me to okay, apologize to so the team? It man? doesn't matter what you didn't do last year. Injuries happened. COVID happened. Don't exactly. make it seem like oh, I had a horrible team. My team ain't all that. You so got the you, fourth you think round COVID pick. and injuries ain't gonna happen next year, dude. You boy, guess about? what? You got the best. You got the best wide receivers in the in the world. The stratosphere right now, and you got the fourth round pick to get the best player available. You said this man got the seventh pick. That, that was the point. The seventh? I, that's the not my problem. I don't know what my team is. But that's the that. point we're making, though. Like, like I should when, look out for his team, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> what I'm saying is this league is uh, it's level. It's a level. it's a mockery. Like some of the people in this league, I can already like I just I could look at his team how it's currently constructed mm-hmm. and tell that he's been taken advantage of. Throughout the years, let me ask you this, Vander. Would you say look, our on, league on, of record on, is pretty? On, um, would you say our league of record is pretty stout? Would you say for 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 an average fantasy league? Well, oh, for no, an above no, average no, fantasy no, league? No, no, the league that we're currently in, the, the one our, our our redraft yeah. league. Yeah. Oh, you you know, you 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 come over there and win. You come over there and get a fuck win. You come over there and get a trade. Mm-hmm. You you know what you're doing. Okay, so with that being said, would you say that there are a couple of people in that league that skill wise are comparable to the person that you was just describing? No. Even in the no, you sure? No, I'm positive. No, po- no. okay. No, because okay. no, because okay. I, I know what you're getting at, but that guy he wouldn't did the deal because he's so afraid no. of picking at him. Now, this is a, now let me ask you this: since you asked me that question, if my that point guy, is the bottom if, leaders if, in every league. No matter no, how you no. slice it, if that so guy, that's the that's no, what no, you're me, trying to say. Me, then, no, then no, let me change. ask my question. That's not my point. But let me ask my question. question. I mean, go, ahead, go ahead. If that guy made that move in our league, you mm-hmm. think he'll be back next year? Answer that. It's different than dynasty. See, oh, but, oh, it's a different type. We're of not league. talking about dynasty. I asked you a simple. We question. are talking about dynasty. No, you said we just talking about redraft. You just talk about the redraft. If it's redraft, no. If it's redraft, no. Okay, so so. So, it so make okay, sense so in that same oh, year that wouldn't oh, make so sense. Listen, so listen, so listen. You can't trade and redraft either. Okay, so it's not but this the says a lot about the guy. You trying to it tell me it's two different it, types it, of leads? You just answered the question for me. Okay. If that dude oh. made the trade in our in league, redraft uh, league, hold on, I just asked you. It wouldn't make sense. I'm answering so, your question. It wouldn't. You make said you said it'd be dumb as hell, right? Dumb as hell in a redraft league. Dumb as hell. It's still but okay. me part that's of it. Right. Either way, you no, 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 no. Hold on, Joe. Let me tell you how you're a hypocrite, Joe. Because you're telling me that if the pick was different, if he just slid up three spots, then it would be perfect. But it's dumb as hell because he took seven instead of four. That don't even go together. It can't. It wait, wait. can't be that bad of a trade. Let me give it. That, 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 let me give that moment to explain it to the audience. Give me a second to explain it to the audience. Right? Please do. Explain it to me. We know to his current team. The audience don't know. He is banking on young players that are garbage, garbage. 
with the fourth, this is the difference between three picks. And we see it in the NFL all the time. The fourth round pick, he could have got him a top wide receiver because we know Myers is not going to find a fucking end zone to save his life. Myers is going to be in the 30, and he needs to win right now with two people that's in the 20s and up. He could have got him a quarterback, got him a top running back. He could have filled so many positions. He Trevor Lawrence to Justin Fields last year. He didn't want to get another quarterback. My, so we're we dealing with, again, this goes back to the point. We're dealing with intelligence. At the fourth pick, right. I'm getting a bet. I got my choice from a quarterback, which and we're playing dynasty, is gold. It don't matter if who he is. A quarterback is one taken out of 32. He could have had one of the top wide receivers, which, again, we already know where that's going. Drake London, Trey Burks, whoever it was, a number one receiver, just like your Myers, would have been there. So he could have slid his team a lot more. With Not if I seven, wasn't going to give up pick four. I, I, I don't know. Of course pick is, four is I better than pick you. seven. I, I, I don't trade know. you. The okay, you would. have stopped that, with Myers. That's great. But then the other part, see, see, this, this is where it gets tricky. Because I picked Trey Sermon at number three last year. And old buddy picked uh, Chase at number seven. So just because you had the higher pick don't necessarily mean it's going to work out for you. So I hear what you're saying, but it's not automatic. It's, it's, not, they, it's not that easy. You are you like I, I think I think this was about you just telling people how good of a tactician you are because again, Vander no, knows it's not that. But, but no, and that's Vander the reason. See, that's the reason why I put, that's the reason why I put it on Facebook. That, no. That's the reason why I put it on Facebook because I already know I already know how people that perceive me a certain way are going to look at it. That's oh. why I put it out there for an objective. Man, you a opinion on the you, wait, that's wait, why I put bro, it out there for, the for an objective opinion. We on the know track. you. You can tell. Hell yeah, I'm a tell water I'm as one every single day. How to be better? To Vander's point, be Vander does the redraft. Vander makes his money about. in redraft, so his his opinion is valid. It is if, for if redraft. You somebody who's incompetent. It don't matter what field you on. If he Bruh, he wouldn't make you it, you can't redraft, tell me that a person it. goes from being a good trade. You are up two championships. I'm not trading somebody who's up two championships. My so best player. Don't say the trade ain't fair. So say you don't want to trade the champ. Don't say the trade ain't fair when you when you say the that trade ain't fair. Who the fuck is mine? You telling me makes it fair? That's not that big of a deal because he's going to get a stud player. He's that's, going to get a stud player. So if he gets period. Trey Sermon of this year, there ain't no period, bro. I picked Trey Sermon at number three. That's right? your fault for picking Trey Sermon. Who thought? Who told you to pick somebody like that? That's your and fault. So, so my point is, if you're indicating that he's not as good as fantasy as I am, and I picked Trey Sermon at three, what makes you think he's going to do better at four? Jay, for you, that was a flyer for you. That was that was. Just it a wasn't flyer a flyer for me. I thought he was going to be a stud. He ain't even a dud. He, he ain't even got can. a game. Y'all acting like <laughs> the first, like oh, the first year going to kill somebody. Oh no, oh no, Elijah. That's Elijah Mitchell's job. I have no bones about it. Trey Sermon will not be usurping Elijah. And and that's not even the it's point. All I'm saying pick. is, in a rookie draft, it, things are more nuanced than what you're making it out to be. Like I said, every if everybody knew now, back then, if everybody knew back then what we know now. Chase would have been the number one pick. Everybody thought I'm that sure, Trevor sure Lawrence was, there, a, was a no-brainer. No, tra- tra- uh, Chase was the number seven pick. No, it depends um, on need. I mean, as far as the Lawrence and Chase thing, I could see that. But you picking Sermon over Chase, I just don't understand that one at all. You just you know read off all my wide receivers. That's why I did it. I needed a running back, even, not a wide receiver. Cool. Even even being so, I mean, you being an Ohio State guy was one of the, one of the reasons why you made that move also. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know, 
I just said it. But I thought he was uh, going to be better than Michael Carter, <laughs> and I thought he was going to be better than Javante Williams. But if he was, if, those were the running backs if that Trey went Sermon right was after at, him. If Trey, Sherman, if Trey Sermon was at Michigan State, you wouldn't have made that move. You did that because that. The, the fan in you made you pick Trey Sermon. He and was I get the number it. two running back on the board, so I picked him. The fan in you made you also make that move. But this is my thing yeah, real quick. Combination. I'm not mad at you. You yeah, missing, you, you, you're missing it. What I'm saying is this is just foolery and it's foolishness. Exactly. And and these are the kind of guys that catapult the the guy in leagues is what we're saying to people. Like, yo, do not fall for these kind of tricks. Again, exactly. you can look at this dude's team, the way it's constructed. Number one, there's no way you drafted this team. So I know the piece that you did draft, they're gone now. I would love to see if you can find this. Please show me his team after draft day, year one. I think. Oh, we can find that because that's you can definitely. And you compare that to what he has now, and then I'll fall back. That's all I'm saying. Compare what he drafted to the team he has now. You could tell people been picking at him since he's been in the league, taking people from him. I I can look at his team and tell people been picking on him. It's clear. Come on, come on, Zay. It's clear. I ain't got nothing to do with that. That's that's fine. I, I, hey, you're gonna <laughs> yeah, do it. I hear you. Don't, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I hear you. That's fine. And I'm not. Oh, and I'm not saying. And I'm not saying that you aren't right. But what I'm saying is, my trade with him in a vacuum, versus ain't got nothing to do with who did whatever else before. That's fine. If, if the difference between foolishness and a good trade is three listen, spots in a rookie draft, listen, people, and I don't know what to tell you. Listen, I mean, people. That's, that's already read. Already read his his his. Now this is how I know he's been picked on, right? I didn't read his wide receivers off to the people. The quarterbacks he has, Justin Fields, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Jordan Love, Davis Mills, and Andy Dalton. For you to have that that collection of quarterbacks, something went wrong somewhere. There's no – because think about it. This is year – this is the third year coming up, right? Yeah. You You got two rookies on this team. So where's the guy? Started over at the last season, and he gave up a lot of players. Uh, hey, there you go. Now you're talking. Now you're talking my language. He gave up a lot, and he's been giving up a lot since he came into this league. I can look at his team and tell how it's constructed. That's what happens when you want pick one on one. He wanted Trevor Lawrence, so he gave up a lot for Lawrence to get Lawrence and Fields. I think he had pick one and two or something like that. He wanted Lawrence and Fields in his rebuild. Ridiculous. So hey. Ridiculous. Rebuild the way you want to. I ain't got nothing to do with that. No, that, I mean that's, that's fine, fine. But I just know if he was in our league, he wouldn't. He'd have been erased after year one. It's, you know that. It, it's not. It's not. Re- it's not that easy. That, it don't. Hey, if the dynasty. Really? Okay, and guess what? If it was a dynasty league, he wouldn't have been invited back. He, yeah. I, you he, you he, clear he, that right? You know that. So you know like, that. Zay. I feel like if we do dynasty over, we have to have like one of those those little tests that the um. Like the kazoo or something, where you got to answer some football questions. Well, see, here, here's here's the thing though, because here, here's the thing, right? So I, I I hear where you guys are coming from, but if a fantasy calculator isn't a good way to um, figure out what's what, I, I I'm I'm not saying yes or no on that. I'm just mm-hmm. hear me out. So a fantasy calculator mm-hmm. isn't a good way. Um, mm-hmm. Putting the trade out on Facebook to an uh, an objective group of people that don't know anyone on the team. And they agree that it isn't a bad trade or that it's not unfair. The only thing that the only hey, thing that, hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. The only okay. thing I'm sorry. That, that's indicating that it's bad is personal opinions, which you're very much entitled to. But 
How do you control whether or not a trade is actually good or bad when objective opinions aren't good enough, but only the personal opinions of fantasy pros that have a different opinion than what the uh, quote unquote objective opinion is? That, 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 and that's a real question. That's a real right, I'm asking for you real quick. I'm asking for you real quick. I'm asking for you real quick. In any league, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, you're going to have good, you're going to have bad. So just because you put a question on Facebook don't mean the answers that come back are good answers. I agree. I'm, I'm, not, um, I'm, not, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying how do you get the truth? How, if a calculator isn't the truth, then getting a, an opinion poll from those that play fantasy football listen, isn't. I mean, how, how do you get the truth? In, in a lot of leagues, you're going to have guys like this. You're going to have guys that look at a calculator and say, hey, look at this. This says this. Those, those are for the casual players that don't really know the game, don't know the sport. Mm-hmm. And they just want to have, they want to be a part of something. They use those type of things. But you know, I'm talking about me. Mm-hmm. When I'm in a league, I, I try to get the, we, say, we, I don't know how many years we are in in our Nobody league, right? But listen, listen. You. you are the most unorthodox Correct. fantasy, but, fantasy but, champion I have ever played again. I, I will acquiesce to the point that I'm, I don't think I'm as good as fantasy as you are. Just because I don't, I don't even understand how you win. But I see it happen, <laughs> and I predict. And as soon as, no, 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 for real, it'll be it'll be one move like week three or four, and everybody like week one through three. This man is like zero oh, and three, and everybody right. oh, Van about to lose, oh, everybody happened about that, and then it's just one move that's like, what the fuck was that? Like how did that? And in that, and and that's my point. Everybody is capable, no matter even if it's as good of a league as, as you described that we play in. <laughs> Every year you pull off the what the fuck move. So right. why do you think it would be different? Like that's literally how you, you you see the forest for the trees. You get two or three guys that that person wasn't even paying attention to, and then one main guy that's kind of the the part that you want them to. I literally learned that trade type from you. That was you. So you're saying I you're never doing traded the like that thing, before. but it dies. I, I'm, saying I'm, I'm <laughs> saying I'm emulating the guy that I admire the most in fantasy. Listen, that was a okay, but, trade. but you're doing it in dynasty. Yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not mad. Okay. I would, listen, I would take the trades. Eh? If if that trade came across my desk, I'm. I know it, it was a yeah, bad yeah, trade. Yeah, but it. I'm just saying though, like, come on, man. <laughs> I'm just saying the league I build. The, when dudes do goofy stuff like that, they they're not invited back. But bro, you get that trade off every year, and the dudes are still there. Like, I'm, bro, like, like you might not see, see it, but you literally get that trade off every not year. Not like that, Jay. You, and you know right? I'll give um, up a look, lot. Look, you know I'll give up a lot you. to get something. But, but, but it's different in but dynasty look. because the pieces you never know. Again, what if that number seven is chased all over again? We don't know. This is one of the deepest. That's why they go watch the show. There. But at the same time, this is the other point. When they do like with redraft, somebody do a shitty trade. Next year, it resets, it resets themselves. But if you got repeat offenders, you, somebody, you people keep making the same mistake, and now you make a juggernaut. You don't fucked off the half the people who actually know what the fuck they doing. Welcome to the so people like Vander who just came in there. <laughs> people like myself. Welcome to the. It's NFL. like damn, I'm I was close from making the playoffs to try. Bill O'Brien pa- beat the Joker. <laughs> it's like yeah, I'm about to just chill out, not do shit. <laughs> Hey, listen. You ain't man. even catch that, did you, Joe? Hey, listen. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, Bill O'Brien, meet the Joker. <laughs> hey, listen. It happens, listen. bro. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I want to make you a wager. You screaming, Jalen Water was top 11. I'm willing to bet he won't finish top I know, 11. I, I, next I, year. I thought he was top 14, but I, I didn't realize he was top 11. But go ahead. He was 11, he, yeah. Oh, he, he won't finish top 11 next year. Okay. You want to take that bet? Uh, no. 
Exactly. <laughs> hey, okay, okay. So, uh, Cooper Cup. I, be... I don't bet on people being in the top ten. So that, a lot, with, a lot so... of shit can happen, bro. <laughs> a lot of shit can happen. I'm just saying, but th- that's the point of the matter, though. Like, it's just, it's, it's just not good, man. It's, I'm not. I don't I mean, care if, what if kind of lens you look at. If you look through. at it for this year, I get it. But if you look at what the average number that Cooper Cup has put up in his oh. career, it's really it's not far from what Waddle did in his rookie year. Like, like if you're only looking at his outlier, best of the best, best wide receiver every year, then yeah, you're at. We finally right. seen Cooper Cup play with a quarterback. And this is the first year with a, a good quarterback and we've seen the results. I'm going to take my chances on that versus you saying yeah, Cooper Cup we used to see. He don't have Jerry Goff anymore. What I like to say, too. numbers won't increase from this year? I mean, to say it's an increase would be ridiculous. Okay. The guy almost got so, two thousand yards receiving. If but his what numbers I, are going to decrease, but what I will tell I didn't you, win with them. No, no, don't no. I have to make but some what kind I, of move? But I, what I will tell you, he'll still be a top five wide receiver in this league in fantasy. I will tell you That's that. Right. You want to make a bet on that? For sure. I don't. Um, you so. want to be quiet? <laughs> 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 Let's see. Let's see. Gotcha, bitch. All right. So look. We got to go ahead and wrap this up because we almost at two hours. Um, But you can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group, on Instagram at Fantasy Football Fiend, um, and on Twitter at underscore Fantasy Fiend. We'll be back to you next Monday talking about whatever happened during the week. We should have another Tales from a Dynasty episode next week. It depends on what happens this week. Uh, even if we talk about some nuanced things that um, little moves that are being made, people that may be on your waiver wire right now that myself, Joe and Vander are picking up just over things like that. We'll dive a little bit deeper into it. And we're definitely going to speak um, on dynasty in some way, shape, form or fashion each week so we can sharpen up our teams with that. We out.